morning and welcome to our online service uh, for Hudson Community Baptist Church. Many of you are regular attendees and uh, we welcome you back. And for those that are visiting us uh, for the first time online, uh, great to have you joining us for our morning worship service today. Each week we've been getting a little bit better at doing the online services. It was new for us. And again, today we're bringing in some new things into our worship service. We're going to try and introduce uh, some music. Uh, Phil uh, Cottmore together with uh, Ava have been working on some things. Uh, might be a little rough around the edges, but uh, again, each week when we brought something new in, we found ways to improve on it the following week. And it's terrific that we can bring that in. We're looking forward today as well to have Pastor Ray, our pastor of pastoral care, that uh, will bring a message as well. During times of uncertainty, uh, we look for certainty. We look for things that we can trust, for things that will be solid, that we can stand on. And uh, it's important uh, in times of shifting conditions where there's so much uncertainty right now. Uh, we get a lot of instructions and guidelines how we should live. And one day you get one set of instructions, the next day they've changed it a little bit. It's understandable because we keep learning more about uh, the virus, the coronavirus. At the same time, it's frustrating because we just don't know exactly where, uh, where we're going. We don't know exactly when we'll get out of the situation. So it's in times like these that are uncertain that it's good to turn in the scriptures and find some solid truths, things that are unshakable, things that we know are going to be true today and tomorrow. And with that in mind, I chose a section from Psalm 119. It's a fabulous psalm that speaks about how we have God's law, we have his truth, and this is what can make all the difference in our lives. So let me read Psalm 119, verses 97 to 104. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. I have more insight than all my teachers, for I meditate on your statutes. I have more understanding than the elders, for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path, so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws, for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts, therefore I hate every wrong path. Now I'd like to invite Phil and Ava to lead us in some worship songs. Well, thank you, Ralph, um, and welcome to everyone. Um, even though we can't see you in this room where we usually gather and uh, sing together and praise God together, um, we're here and uh, we're happy that you can hear our voice and join us in singing some songs uh, of praise to, to our God. And... Uh, we just celebrated uh, Easter and the resurrection of uh, our Lord last week. And so our first song this week is a uh, revelation song, which opens with the line, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. And um, one of the things that I love about the song is just how God-centered and God-focused it is. Um, although it can be good and meaningful to sing of of my response to God, um, there's something good about starting with God alone. And this song is just full of praise for his character, for what he's done, uh, for his holiness. He's the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. And we're reminded of that amazing vision in Revelation where we see the Lord high and lifted up 
on a throne. And all of God's redeemed people joined together from every tribe, nation, and tongue to worship him. And that's a vision which inspires every true child of God uh, to long and look forward to that day. So please join us now uh, as we sing to the Lamb who was slain.
um, I just invite you now as we sing this next song um, to really allow yourself to enter God's presence and to allow His truth to wash over your hearts and your souls and have your minds renewed. Um, this next song, uh, No Longer Slaves, seems particularly appropriate at a time when it seems so many of us are being unusually tempted to fear. And the song reminds us that we are children of God and we are no longer slaves to fear. Um, that He has called us and chosen us even from our mother's womb. He knows us, He knows all things. And we do not have to live in fear. Knowing that and experiencing that and living that are two different things. Um, and so as you sing this song, I just invite you to make it a prayer for this to become true in your life if this is something that you're struggling with.
Thank you, Phil and Ava. There are just a few things I want to let you know about for the coming week, some announcements. On Monday evening, the Pastoral Search Committee is going to be meeting and they're going to be continuing their work as we search for a new pastor. On Tuesday evening, the Board of Elders will be meeting as well. There's some really important business to be done. Uh, we're watching very closely to see how we're doing with our finances. And, uh, and as well now, as the governments are starting to relax certain conditions, we need to start thinking about how do we return once the government says we can return to worship and what does that mean for us? They're talking about a new normal and we're not sure exactly what that will mean, what kind of restrictions will be imposed on us when we worship in our, in our auditorium, for example. Anyway, we need to start planning for that and we're going to start thinking about some of those kind of plans and other important uh, considerations too. So we appreciate your support and your prayers uh, for those uh, two uh, committee meetings this week. And as well, if you have the bulletin that was emailed to everyone, you'll notice that there are a number of other groups that are meeting as well uh, online, uh, using online tools like Zoom to maintain their ministries. We'd also ask our regular attendees and our supporters to continue to support us during this time. Uh, there are two convenient ways right on the website. You're probably watching uh, this right now on the website and there's a place that's marked to give and you can give by credit card, you can give by PayPal. You can also uh, use an e-transfer and uh, using the church email address uh, to send in a donation. Or if you still like using checks and cash, it works as well, but you need to mail those to our address and someone will collect it and make sure it gets deposited. So we appreciate your support and I do pray what God would enable you to do uh, to participate. It's really important that we continue to pray for one another during this time. And I'd just like to lead in a prayer uh, for, for the situation we're in, for the members that are going through special circumstances. We've heard of uh, members, we've had members in our church, Ava uh, herself, who's uh, been singing, who lost a brother just recently. And it's difficult in these situations that even a funeral, there can only be two people in funerals and all kinds of restrictions. And this, this takes a difficult situation and just makes it that much more difficult. And as well, we have other situations that uh, people find themselves in that create stress when normally would not experience stress. So let's just pray for one another. Father, we do thank you that you are God that is with us everywhere we go. Lord, we thank you for your presence right where we are right now. And Lord, we pray for those special situations we've mentioned, for those who have lost loved ones. Uh, Lord, we pray that you would comfort, you would draw near to them. And Lord, especially in this time when it's uh, more stressful than normal, that you would give them a special blessing, Lord, of your presence and your comfort. And Lord, be with extended families and all those when they can't attend funerals or other special events that come along. And Lord, we pray too that you would bless um, those in our church that that are really restricted and can't even get about, that need special support, be with them. Lord, you know how we're all dealing with isolation. For some, it's relatively easy, but for some, it's very difficult. And Lord, give us patience. And Lord, give us a lot of grace to deal with one another when relationships get tense. And Father, we pray too, again, for those that do work on the front lines, that you'd be with our those people on the front lines, you'd protect them, give them uh, protection from the virus, and Lord, we pray that, uh, again, you would give them extra strength for the work that they, extra work they need to do. And Lord, we know that some people in our church have lost employment. And Lord, we do pray that you would as well be with them to support them, help them, Lord, to deal with those situations. And Lord, we pray that your care would be extended to each one. And we pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. So now I'd like to invite Pastor Ray to bring his message from God's Word.
Well, good morning, everybody. I'm glad to be with you this morning. And even though we're not here physically together, I'm glad that we can be spiritually together. Now, I have a question for you. Have you ever wondered why John the Baptist, when he saw Jesus, told his disciple that Jesus was the Lamb of God? Where did he get that from? Now, he said this twice in the Gospel of John, the first chapter, verse 29, and also verse 36. You, you probably remember the verse. When looking at Jesus, he said, uh, this is the Lamb of God which takes away the sins of the world. Where did he get that? What was in his mind? And what about Paul? Did you know that Paul also referred to Jesus as the sacrificial lamb? Now we see this in his letter, his first letter, to the Corinthians, the fifth chapter, verse 7. I'll read it for you. Therefore purge out the old leaven, that you may be a new lump, since you truly are unleavened. And this is the phrase, For indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. Now last week was, last weekend I should say, was the, the Passover weekend or the Easter weekend. And by the way, uh, in the New Testament, it's never mentioned uh, Easter. What's mentioned is Passover. Jesus was the Passover lamb. I tried to do some research and I found that it changed somehow in 692. Why? I have no idea. But in the New Testament, what we call Good Friday is actually Passover. Now, what did Paul mean when he said, or when he wrote, for indeed Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us? What I want to do this week is to talk about the link of the sacrificial lamb in the Old Testament and Jesus Christ being the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, we're going to be in Exodus 12. I'm going to bring you all the way back to the first time Passover is ever mentioned in the Bible, and that's in Exodus 12. So, if you have your Bibles or whatever, take it and turn to Exodus, the 12th chapter. Now, what's the context? The context is the uh, plagues the 10 plagues of Egypt. Now, the plan of God was to take his people out of Egypt, and Egypt is a, a symbol of enslavement in the Bible, or, or sin even, and he wanted to take them out to rescue them and to bring them into the promised land, the land of Israel, the land of milk and honey. But so far, with the first nine plagues, Pharaoh just hardened his heart and nothing changed. But God has a plan, a big plan, and the tenth plague is going to change everything. So our story here in Exodus 12 is between the ninth plague and the tenth plague. So you're there in Exodus 12? All right, let's start reading. I'll read verse 1 and 2, and we're going to glean. It's written, Now the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Now, that's very, very strange. I'll read verse 2 again. This month shall be your beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. 
God is going to do something so immense, so massive, so gigantic, that it's going to change all of their lives. Even the calendar. What God is doing is saying, well, you know what? Rip out your calendar, Moses, because I'm going to change all the months. And you know what? This is going to be the first month, and this is going to be the first day of the first month. And it's the same thing for those who will be partaking in the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins of the world. Because when they do that, when they repent of their sin and receive Christ as their Savior, it's a brand new month, it's a brand new day, it's a brand new life. Paul says we are new creatures. So God's going to do something really massive here. So let's uh, continue in verses 3 and 4. We're always in Exodus 12. It's written, Speak to all the congregation of Israel, saying, On the tenth day of this month, every man shall take for himself a lamb, according to the house of his father, a lamb for a household. And if the household is too small for the lamb, let him and his neighbor next to his house take it according to the number of persons. According to each man's need, you shall make your count for the lamb. Now, there's three things I want you to notice in this verse. And we're going to go back and forth from Exodus with the sacrificial lamb to the New Testament, Jesus being the Lamb of God, which was sacrificed for us. The first thing I want you to notice is in verse 3. It's written, and this is God speaking to Moses, He said, Speak to all the congregation of Israel. God wanted everyone of the Israelites to hear this good news. Now, God was going to free them that night. And he wanted Moses to speak to everybody. He wanted Moses to get the word around. He wanted people to be prepared for this immense event. Now, that's the same thing in the New Testament, isn't it? Doesn't God want all of his children by adoption to also speak to everybody about this good news of redemption, this good news of being set free from the enslavement of sin because of His Lamb, which is Jesus Christ. So God is thinking of everybody. Now, it's written also in verse 3, Every man shall take for himself a lamb. Now, I want you to notice, every man shall take for himself a lamb. What I want you to understand is that every person had to partake for himself of the Lamb. Now, I, I, I'm French-Canadian. I was born in a Roman Catholic family. I went through all the rituals and so forth. But I had never appropriated the Lamb for myself. I knew that Jesus had died for everybody, but everybody is not me. God here says, every man shall take for himself of the Lamb. So my question, is Jesus just out there, or have you taken part of the sacrificial Lamb? God says, every man shall partake or take for himself. You have to take Jesus and make Him be your personal Savior. Jesus has to be the one who has sacrificed His life for you. I hope you have done it. If not, today's a wonderful day to do it. Mm -hmm. So let's continue. In verse 4, 
speaking about the Lamb and everybody having its, its part, it's written, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the Lamb. And the thought that I have here is that the Lamb is sufficient for everybody. Because it's written here, according to each man's need, you shall make your count for the Lamb. Some people have big needs, big families. Some people had little needs, just maybe a spouse and a child. Whatever the case, the Lamb was sufficient for them. Now, I've been a pastor a long, long time, and I've heard a lot of testimonies, and I've talked to a ton of people, and some of them just couldn't believe that Jesus, the Lamb of God, was sufficient for them in this sense. Pastor, you don't know what I've done in my life. Pastor, you don't know what I've said in my life. Pastor, you have no idea the thoughts I had. Pastor, the things that I've done had terrible consequences on people. Jesus just can't save me. I, I, I'm too far away. This is not true. Here we see in verse 4, according to each man's need, the sacrificial lamb was sufficient for every person. Now, if you're listening to me this morning, and you're thinking that, you know, Jesus, he, he can't die for me. I'm too bad of a person. You're wrong. He's sufficient for you, whatever you have done. I'll give you an example. Have you ever uh, killed somebody? I hope not. But if you did, so did Saul, and he became Paul. So did David, and he became the king that God really, really liked. So don't worry. Just make sure that Jesus Christ is there for you. He's there and he'll come for all of your needs. So we're going to continue. So, so far, the Lamb of God is sufficient for everybody, all the Israelites. And the Lamb of God in the New Testament, which is Jesus Christ, his sacrifice is also sufficient for everybody. Let's look at verse 5. And it's written, Your Lamb shall be without blemish, a male of the first year, you may take it from a sheep or from the goats. I want you just to notice the word your. God speaks to Moses and he says, this is your lamb. And again, I'm just wondering, is Jesus my lamb? Has Jesus sacrificed his lamb for me? Do I have a personal relationship? Have I repented of my sin? Is he my savior? I hope so. So God says, your lamb, the sacrificial lamb, shall be, first of all, without blemish, and second of all, a male of the first year. Now, the lamb, the sacrificial lamb, needed to be without blemish. Now, in Hebrew, this word means to be entirely without blemish. It also means perfect, without spot, and undefiled. It's not any lamb that would do. It couldn't be a lamb that was sick. It couldn't be a lamb uh, that had something broken with him or, or diseased lamb. It had to be a perfect lamb. Now, did you know that Jesus is the only perfect person in the world? He is our perfect sacrifice. The, the writer of Hebrew in Hebrews 4.15 speaks of Jesus as our high priest 
that is without sin. Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 21, as he speaks of Jesus, he says, He who knew no sin. Peter, in 1 Peter, the second chapter, verse 22, speaking of Jesus, wrote, He who committed no sin. And finally, John, in 1 John 3, verse 5, Speaking of Jesus, he wrote, In him there is no sin. So in the Old Testament, with Moses, the lamb had to be without blemish, perfect. And Jesus Christ, he is the perfect lamb of God because he is sinless. All of us, we are all sinful. We're born with a sinful nature. That's why we sin. But Christ who is God incarnate, was born without sin and lived without ever sinning. So he too is without blemish. I just want you to notice something also in verse 5. It's written that uh, your land shall be without blemish a male. Now, you know, I've heard in other denominations, uh, some Christians and uh, they were saying that, you know, oh, Jesus, he could have been a woman and, and, and it didn't really matter as long as uh, she and he were perfect and blah, 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 blah. Arrgh, that's wrong. In the Old Testament, the sacrificial lamb had to be a male. In the New Testament, the lamb of God could not have been a female. Jesus, as we all know, is a male, just like the male in Exodus 12. So let's continue on. And I hope you're starting to see, wow, you know, the lamb of Moses, the lamb that was sacrificed to free the people of, of Israel, out of Egypt, he looks pretty much like the Lamb of God who's there to free people from their sins. So now we're going to look at verse 6. It's written, Now you shall keep it, speaking of the Lamb, until the fourteenth day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. There's just one little thought and two bigger thoughts. The first thought it's just think about it. This is the first day of the first uh, month. And now God says you shall keep it until the 14th day. Actually, that lamb lived with the families for 13 days. It was literally part of their lives. And for me, it's very, very symbolic how Jesus Christ truly has to be part of our life because he is the sacrificial lamb. But here are the real thoughts I want to bring to you. It's written... Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it. And I want you to understand that the death of the Lamb was caused by the entire congregation. This is what is written. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it. This gives me the idea that it is the because of the assembly, and it is the assembly that brought death to the sacrificial lamb. It's the same thing with us. It's our sins, our failures, our blasphemies that brought death to Jesus Christ. Now, I know others saying, and it's true, that it's the love of Christ for us that allowed him to go to the cross. But you know, Adam and Eve didn't need a Savior. They were perfect and sinless. It's because of our sin that Christ had to incarnate 
and to become the Son of Man to go to the cross for us. So in the Old Testament, in Exodus 12, 6, it's the whole assembly that killed that lamb. And with us, it's every one of us. It's all of our sins that brought Christ to go to the cross. Some people might say, oh, it's because of them or because of them. Yes, but it's also because of you. And the second thing I want you to notice in verse 6 is that the whole congregation of Israel shall kill it at twilight. At twilight. Uh, the lamb was to be sacrificed at twilight. Now, the, the Hebrews, they divided their day in 12 hours from sunrise to sunset. The word in Hebrew gives the idea uh, before the sun would, would set, the later part of the day. Now, did you know that Jesus was crucified at twilight, the same time period as the sacrificial lamb in Exodus 2? If you take time to read Matthew 27, verse 46, you'll see that it's written that Jesus hanged on the cross from the sixth hour to the ninth hour. And it's at the ninth hour that he gave up the ghost. It's at the ninth hour that the Lamb of God died. That is twilight time. So Jesus didn't die early in the morning. He didn't die at noon. He died. He was sacrificed at the same time period as the Lamb, the sacrificial Lamb in Exodus 12. Isn't this unbelievable? I hope you're learning more and more and understanding more and more that Jesus truly is a sacrificial lamb. Let's go to Exodus 12 verse 7 now as we continue on to get a bigger picture of what God is telling us. It's written, And they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses where they eat it. Now, what do we see here? I want you to notice it's written, take some of the blood and put it on the doorposts and on the lintel of the houses. What the people had to do once the lamb was sacrificed, they had to do something about the blood. What they had to do is to take the blood and apply it to their house. This is symbolic, naturally. But what we're we're told is that in the New Testament, we also have to do something about the blood of the Lamb. We have to take His blood and also apply it to us. Now, it wasn't enough in Exodus 12 that the Lamb was sacrificed. People had to appropriate the blood of the Lamb, and people needed to apply the blood as God told them to do. And it's the same thing with us, with Jesus. Christ died on the, on the cross. His blood was shed. What do we do with this blood? We need to apply this blood in our life. We need to take the blood of the Lamb and apply it, as God tells us, to our life. It is the blood of the Lamb which washes us from all of our iniquities. We're doing exactly the same thing as the people of Israel in Exodus 12. The lamb is sacrificed in the New Testament. Jesus is sacrificed. In Exodus 12, they apply the blood. And in the, uh, the New Testament, we also apply the blood of Christ for us. Now, have you applied the blood of Christ uh, 
Have you asked Christ to wash you from all of your sins, all of your iniquities? Have you cried out to Him? Have you repented of your sin? Are you washed by the blood, the good old song? I hope so. Because without that, Christ just died. But He didn't die for you. You need to apply that blood so that it will bring a change, bring a new birth. So, let's go to verse 9 and continue our story. It's written, Do not eat it raw, speaking about the, the lamb that was just sacrificed, nor boiled at all with water, but roasted in fire its head with its legs and its entrails. Now, I want you to notice something here. I want you to notice that the lamb in Exodus 12 had to be roasted by fire. Now, what is the symbol often used in the Bible of fire? It is the symbol of a means of judgment from God to certain people. Fire symbolizes judgment. I'll give you some examples, like in Numbers 16, verse 35. You know, it's the, the rebellion of Korah. And it's uh, written that 250 people were consumed by fire that came down from heaven. Judgment, because of the rebellion. Think of Second Kings, the first chapter, verse 10. When the king of Israel sent 50 men to go and capture Elijah so that he, they would bring him back. Well, what happened? Again, 50 men were consumed by fire from heaven. God said, you're not going to touch my prophet. Judgment. And the last example in Revelations 20, verse 9. And it's written that fire came down and consumed all of God's enemies who wanted to kill his people. Again, judgment. So the sacrificial lamb was actually judged by God. In the New Testament, the Lamb of God, which is Jesus, at the cross, was also judged by the Father. His wrath for all of our blasphemies and all of our sins and all of our evil doings rested on His shoulders. So it's on the cross that Jesus, who is the Lamb of God, He passed through the fire of the judgment of God the Father in our place. Actually, that's what brought me to Christ. When I truly understood that Jesus loved me so much that He went to the cross and died, suffered in my place. Now, in verses 12 and 13, God is going to tell us why. We've seen the whole story of the sacrificial lamb, but why did God have this plan? What's the end of this plan and so forth? So far, a perfect lamb was sacrificed. And then its blood was applied to people, just like in the New Testament. Jesus is sacrificed, and His blood can be applied to you if you cry out to Him to be saved. So my last two verses are verses 12 and 13. It's written, For I will pass through the land of Egypt on that night, and will strike all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt. I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. Now the blood shall be assigned for you on the houses where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. Passover, this is where it starts. It's the first time it's written in the Bible. I will pass over you. 
The plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Here we see that God, he, he writes in verse 12, he says in verse 12, I will execute, execute judgment. God speaks of a great judgment that will come. The firstborn of man and animals will die. But there's a greater judgment which Jesus Christ died for. It's the eternal judgment, the judgment of the great white throne where everybody, if you are not washed by the blood of the Lamb, you will stand there and your mouth will be shut and your knees will be bent and you'll only be condemned. God warns His people that there will be a judgment. I will execute judgment. And I want you to listen to what comes next because it's it's the key uh, for the thought of God. Listen to what he says in verse 13. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. This is the key thought of God. The lamb is sacrificed and because the lamb is sacrificed and you have applied his blood unto you, when I see the blood, not when I see your good works or I see how smart you are or I see how rich you are or whatever. No, when I see the blood, I will pass over you. This is the plan of God. The blood protects His people in the Old Testament from judgment. And with Jesus Christ, His blood protects from the judgment to come. So God will strike all others. All who do not have the blood of the Lamb in Exodus 12 or in the New Testament times when great judgment will come, if you don't have the blood of the Lamb on you, it's just too bad. You will be judged. I hope you understand a bit more the link between when John the Baptist said this in John the first chapter, verse 29, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, like the Lamb in Exodus 12. And I hope you also understand a little more deeply why Paul said that Christ, our Passover, the sacrificial Lamb, he refers directly to Exodus 12, Christ, our Passover, was sacrificed for us. This is wonderful news. This is great news. But I need to ask you just a few questions. Have you come to the Lamb of God and applied the blood of the Lamb to your life? Or is Jesus Christ outside of your life? Have you repented? Have you asked Him to be your Savior? If not, judgment is still there. Have you asked Him to save you? Is He truly part of your life? If not, my friend, the wrath of God rests upon you as John 3.36 tells us. So this is the wonderful story of the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And I hope He is your Lamb. So let's just end with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, thank You so much for the beautiful story of the Passover. Thank You that, uh, as uh, John mentioned, and also Paul mentioned, Jesus Christ is the Lamb of God, and Jesus Christ is our Passover. Thank You that uh, we can all partake in this, if we cry out to you and we repent of our sins and we ask Christ to save us. Thank you so much for this immense grace. In the beautiful name of Christ, amen.
So God bless all of you. So thank you, uh, Ray, for bringing that message. Now we're going to turn back to uh, Phil and Ava for another song and worship.
So thank you to uh, Pastor Ray. Thank you, Phil and Ava, for leading us in worship. And again, thank you to the numerous people uh, that have been involved in the background, the people that work on the technical part. Uh, Steve McNeil in particular has done a lot of work. And, uh, but others are involved too, and thank you so much for your participation. As we look forward to the next week, I'd like to close with this blessing that we find in Romans 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Have a great week.